0: Great. How fun was that? Very good. Well, before I jump into it, uh, I just want to redirect you guys' attention to uh, the new community app, as Cindy just mentioned earlier. If you haven't downloaded it, I'd highly encourage you to do so. Uh, There's some great resources on there, and the lyrics for the worship songs that we sing will be on there as well, so you can follow along. So for coming weeks, I highly encourage you to do that. Well, it's been great over these last couple of weeks getting to explore this theme of wisdom. We've had Tim and Peter share with us. Tim kicking it off, talking to us about the fear of God and what that means and how uh, pursuing wisdom begins with developing a fear of God. As well as that, last week, Peter spoke with us about listening. He spoke with us about how listening is such an integral part as to, uh, to be someone who can pursue wisdom. Well, today, I'm going to be speaking on using words with wisdom. Thankfully, Proverbs has a bit to say on this, so I'm looking forward to digging into that a bit more with you soon. Now, about six months or so ago, I was talking with a friend of mine who had recently gotten a new job in the corporate world. He told me how there was something that he'd noticed as he'd begun this job He told me how when he was sitting in the office, he'd seen some of his work colleagues walk up to one another, bend over and whisper in each other's ears. And it was only until he found them doing that to him that he realised what was happening. What he realised is that as a bit of a laugh or a bit of a joke, these colleagues of his would walk up and kind of give insults um, or discouraging words which at first my friend said was, I guess, a bit of a laugh, but in the long run, he actually found it really digging into him. My friend told me how instead of buying into this culture, he actually wanted to do something different. So what he decided to do was he was actually going to walk up to these work colleagues, bend down, whisper in their ears, words of encouragement, kind and uplifting things. Once he started to do this, he noticed how the other work colleagues around him also began to do the same, completely changing and shifting the work culture. How is it that words can be something that can completely shift and change a work culture? Well, I would suggest that it's because words have the ability and have the power to both build up and also tear down. Listening communicates value to other people. Proverbs 18 verse 2 tells us that a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. Proverbs 18:13 tells us that if one gives an answer before they hear or listen, it is to their folly and shame. True godly wisdom is only possible. If we choose to be people uh, that listen first, that means listening goes before or precedes speaking. And therefore, if we are to uh, speak without listening or thinking, it's going to be very difficult for us to be people that can communicate to other people that we value them. Well, I'm now just over one year into being married to my wife, Abby. And it would be an understatement to say that this past year has been a bit of a test for our listening skills. (laughs) I guess after a year's experience, you could probably say that we're experts by now. (laughs) No, but one thing that I no doubt Abby can attest to is the fact that at times, I can tend to butt in and to respond to her before she's even finished speaking. Now, I don't know if there's anyone else out there that can relate to that. But this is often because at times I've grown pretty impatient and I can assume that I know what she's about to say. Just the other day, I was talking with Abby and she was telling me about a potential uh, birthday gift that she was hoping to get. She'd mentioned how she'd loved the idea of having a big desk in our home office for her to be able to put her new sewing machine on to use. Well, it hadn't been about more than five seconds or so that I responded with, we've got a trestle cable in the garage, why don't we just pull that out? Um, Half cutting her off. Now, as you can guess, Abby wasn't too impressed. (laughs) Well, can I just say that this is definitely not the best way to go about a relationship? And is definitely not what is the wisest thing for Abby or I. Instead of assuming or preempting, choosing to pause, to wait, and as Peter mentioned last week, using a, a communication loop, which means checking what you've heard with the other person and then responding, is definitely a more helpful approach. One other thing that I was reminded of when it comes to this topic of listening was this commonly used Salvation Army phrase. Now, prior to working at New Community as the youth coordinator, I called the Salvation Army Camberwell home. It was in 2018 where I was going away on a three-month trip to Hawaii with the Salvation Army that we had these T-shirts that we wore. And on those T-shirts was the phrase, Hearts to God and hands to man or tends to people. Well, I thought that this phrase on these t-shirts so perfectly captured this idea of both listening to God and also listening to others, as well as being able to serve them. It is through orienting our hearts and our ears towards God that He will take our eyes off ourselves and instead direct them towards others. By listening, we communicate value. Secondly, we should allow for the gap in our conversations. Being wise with words starts with listening to others and God, which communicates to them that they are valuable. And as we have talked about in the year just been, learning to stop, to breathe, and allow for the gap is so important. Because we can tend to fill that gap with our first instinct, which can often lead to messing things up. Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. I'm going to read that one again. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. In a wallless city, there is nothing to protect people from coming in or going out. No walls means no filter. The city without walls is vulnerable to attack. The gap is the filter or the barrier that can protect us from harmful interactions and in words. I wonder if you have ever come across someone who speaks as if they are a wallless city. They tend to hurt people by what they say or just blurt out the first response that comes to mind. Proverbs 13.3 says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Being people who can allow for the gap in our conversations with others is something that requires a whole lot of self-control. And that doesn't always come naturally. Well, it was about a month or so ago on Christmas Eve that I was driving down past Eastland. And as I sat on the corner of Warrandite Road and Maroonda Highway in my car, I looked up to the electronic billboard that they had on the side of Eastland. And one thing stood out to me. I noticed an advertisement that they had. It was from Maya and it read, Stuff the stockings, stuff the turkey, and stuff the self-control. Now, as you can probably guess, I was pretty shocked when I read that. Um, I was pretty taken aback. And it made me think to myself, is that how I want to be known? Do I want to be known as someone who stuffs the self-control? I would assume that Abby wouldn't appreciate that. (laughs) I assume that lots of other people in my life also wouldn't find that helpful. If I was to bite back or respond with the first want and desire that comes my way. It is through allowing a gap within our conversations that we allow for God to come rushing in to fill that gap. Again, it takes me back to that saying, hearts to God and hands to people. Our wanters don't always want what is best. They're in dire need of repair. This repair can only happen through the Holy Spirit working inside of us when we choose to follow Jesus. Because self-control, amongst many other things, isn't a natural thing always. It is only God within us that can shape our desires to want what He wants. At the end of last year, Abby and I went on a two-week trip across to Europe. We headed over to London and uh, coincidentally timed it for the the Queen's funeral, which was quite an eventful time to be over there. Uh, I've never seen the streets so packed or busy, and the amount of lines that there were was insane. But one of the main things that stood out to me in our time over there was one of the iconic English announcements that comes on as you head into the London Underground train station. Now, I don't know if any of you have heard this before, but I've got Ali here who is going to do us a demonstration of what this announcement is. When boarding the train, please mind the gap. (laughs) Excellent. So authentic. Um, (laughs) I love that. It's great. (laughs) We'll give her a clap. (laughs) Thanks, Ali. That's exactly what it sounded like. Uh, Spot on accent. Excellent. Uh, (laughs) Excellent. Now, as I was boarding the train and I heard that announcement, I I realized that my attention had been drawn to the gap that lay in between the train and the station. It makes me wonder whether in my life there are times where I choose to think, sorry, where I choose to rush or jump into a conversation with someone else and do so without thinking. Maybe you too can think of times. That you've decided to jump into a conversation that has ended up leaving you with a one-way ticket to frustration, anger, hurt, and pain. Or maybe the conversation has gone down a route that has been unhelpful, or maybe at times your conversations have felt like they've been completely derailed because instead of minding the gap, you've jumped onto the train without thought and you've tripped. Or perhaps there are other times that you walk away from a conversation feeling as if everything is fine, but in reality, it has been a total train wreck. So what might this look like for you to mine the gap in your day-to-day? Well, in my other work that I do throughout the week, we spoke with a group of teachers on the theory of stimulus and response. It's in this theory that it suggests that in between stimulus and response, there is a gap or a space. And within that space, there is the power to choose our response. In our response lies growth and freedom. The theory goes on to suggest that when we have no space in between stimulus and response, we cannot live out our values. So what this means is that we have the ability to acknowledge and lengthen the gap in our conversations. Uh, Yes. Uh, There may be numerous ways that we might be able to acknowledge and lengthen that gap in our conversations. But here are just a few to start you off. Number one. Breathe. Take a deep breath. Number two, you might want to literally bite your tongue to physically stop yourself from responding or biting back to someone that you're in a conversation with. Some other phrases that you might want to use are, let me get back to you on that. Or, I'm not too sure, but let's find out together. Or number three, you might want to choose to pray and to invite God in to fill that space let's not forget to mind the gap before we speak. When we are open and able to listen to God and others and allow for the gap in our conversations, it allows us to give ourselves the best chance of using words that can build up and encourage people around us. As followers of Jesus, I believe that it is so vital and so important that words be used for the good of others. Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet and delightful to the soul and healing to the body. Well, this isn't honeycomb that I've got here, but it's pretty close. (laughs) Growing up, crunchies were one of my favorite chocolate bars and go-to treats for the very reason that I just read out in that proverb. They are sweet and they are delightful. They're also crunchy, but mainly sweet and delightful. (laughs) I wonder how you might be able to use words that are sweet and delightful towards other people in your life. How could you offer them that crunchy bar? Proverbs 15.4 from the Passion Translation reads, when you speak healing words... You offer others fruit from the tree of life. But unhealthy, negative words do nothing but crush their hopes. One of my main love languages that I have is words of affirmation. There's almost nothing that I feel more loved by than when someone close to me shares an insightful encouragement or word that they have put time into thinking about. Especially when I'm not doing well. It's in these moments that those words feel like an adrenaline boost to my heart or like a soothing balm to my body. I really love this second proverb, which speaks about the power of healing words and them being fruit from the tree of life. The tree of life. We are able to be the people that God works through for people to taste His goodness. Through his spirit in us, people can encounter him. How might the people that you speak with taste from the tree of life through their interactions with you? One example in my life that comes to mind, thinking about this idea of encouraging and uplifting words, actually comes from ESA camps. So, uh, great timing, Kath. <laughs> uh, I've grown up going along to ESA camps since 2015. And one of the, the things that really stood out to me on this topic of words were these things called fuzzies or warm and fuzzies. And I'm not sure if anyone out there uh, has, has, knows what warm and fuzzies are. But if not, I'll explain. At the start of camp... A camper and leaders all get these paper bags that they get to write their names on as well as decorate. Towards the end of camp, everyone then goes and picks them up and hopefully you've received some really lovely, nice, kind, warm and fuzzy letters or words of encouragement from campers and leaders, maybe reminiscing on the memories formed across camp or someone pointing out a really great quality that they've seen in you. Over the years, looking back over these fuzzies for me, again, has been like that soothing balm to my heart and to my body when I need it in the times that I need it the most. One other example from ESA camps that comes to mind was a couple of years ago when I was co cabin leading with another friend of mine. We were looking after these year 10 and 11 boys. And as you know, <laughs> with some year 10 and 11 boys, it can be a bit of a handful. At the start of camp, these boys came along, and as some boys can be, they would love to dig into one another. They would love to have a crack at each other as a bit of a joke and a bit of a laugh. Towards the end of camp, my co-cabin leader and I decided to sit down, and we thought that it would be a really beneficial and healthy thing if we got each of these boys to share words of encouragement for each other or things that they've noticed across camp about one another. The faces and the responses of these boys was unbelievable. And I will never forget seeing the ways that their faces changed as each of their mates would share a word of encouragement about them. When people stop and share with you a genuine encouragement that has been deeply thought about, it does something to you. It gives us courage. It warms our hearts. And it gives us hope. Well, my hope and prayer is that from the teaching of those year 10 and 11 boys, that the value of encouragement and kind words, uh, that, sorry, by encouragement and kind words, that they too, like my friend, can be people that change the cultures in their schools and in their workplaces. So too, as my friend shared about with me how small words of encouragement can be powerful enough to change a uh, work culture. Today, as I finish, I want to challenge you too to be someone who is a culture changer. Someone who can use words to lift others up and invite them to taste the goodness and the sweetness that is God speaking through you. Encouragement is contagious. One last thought to end. When we share with people words that encourage, are pleasant and kind, it gives us a glimpse into the way that God sees us. The very words that we use can be bridges for people to step into the life-giving decision of living a life with Jesus. I want to invite Craig and Cindy to come up and start playing some music. Thanks, guys. Being wise with words begins with choosing to listen to God and others. It is when we choose to embrace God and bite our tongue whilst minding the gap in our conversations, where we will see God filling those spaces. And through wise use of words to build up and encourage, people can interact with God's true vision of who He has made them to be. How is God speaking to you this morning? Who could you encourage today? or as you head into this week? Do you need to ask him to help you mind the gap? Or to invite him to fill those spaces in your conversations? Or perhaps you might need to offer people around you to taste the sweetness that comes from the uplifting and encouraging words that you offer them.